Welcome to episode 57 of the J Bunny's Music Hub podcast. I'm your host, J Bunny. Well, everybody, this episode, I'm surprised it actually took this long to happen. Joining me on this episode of the podcast is Craig Niebuhr, who's been a friend of mine for about you know, over, I guess, over 20 years now. Um, so it's crazy that it took four years to get him on the show, although, you know, until recently he didn't have any active music projects, so I guess that makes sense. We, you know, we talk about how we met and became friends, sort of how we met, but how we became friends and discovering his music and, and the things that he's done over the years. It was a really great conversation. Uh, impromptu, which I generally don't like to do because I feel generally unprepared, uh, but it, it worked out. I it, it, didn't forget anything I wanted to ask him. It just was, it was just a conversation, and it's it's nice to be able to have that from time to time. You know, I don't mind doing the preparation, but you know, when it's somebody that you've known so long, you don't really, you don't really need to do that. So, uh, I think that you're going to enjoy this episode. Without further ado, here's Craig. All right, what's up, everybody? It's Jay Bunny. I am once again not at home on Skype. I am at a place. I am hanging out at the Pirate's Blade Brew Pub and Club mm-hmm. with Craig Niebuhr, a.k.a. Synth Lord Trace Aether, who's been a close friend of mine for fucking ever. Fuck yeah. How the hell's it going, Craig? Oh, it's going wonderful. How you doing, Jay? I'm I'm all right. I'm once again drinking, the and as are you, the fantasticness of Ghost Hawk Brewery from Clifton, New Jersey, and everybody should go check them out because their shit is fantastic. Amazing brews. And uh, I just figured, you know, we, we recently did an interview which you were a part of with uh, with Kevin from Chemical Straightjacket and Handsome Abominations, and Absolutely. I've known you forever, and you have been doing music as long as I've known you, so I wanted to have you on the show as well. All right, thank you. And so, I mean, you and I met a long time ago. Jeez, oh, when I was, whoa, no, it's before that, probably late, late 90s. I believe it was like 99, 2000. It was like between the sophomore and junior years of my high school. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Cool, cool. And then we sort of lost touch and reconnected a few years later. And when we reconnected, you know, we hung out, we had parties, we did stuff. And at one point we were going to go to OzFest together. And you said, all right, come to my house the night before. We'll crash before OzFest. And so me and my girlfriend, we came here to just crash and you were having a band practice. Yeah, yeah. And so we got to watch your band practice, and that sort of became a, a way of life for us for a while. Just coming yeah. here to watch your band practice back great then. Times, great back times. then we called this place the Church of Sufferance. Now yeah. it's the now it's the Pirate's Blade. Oh yeah. So obviously that wasn't your first foray in the music. How did you get into playing music? How old were you and, and how many bands had you been in before oh, I had geez, met you? Jeez, jeez. Um, I started out playing music. Probably primary school. My dad insisted whatever instrument we wanted to pick out, if we wanted to play in high school, he insisted on piano. Just get some piano lessons, learn the basics of any, you know, of, of the, the trouble and bass clef. I'm like, all right, that's, well, I wanted to play trombone, but he insisted on that. And, and I don't know, it lasted a couple of years. I took lessons from uh, his uh, one of his closest friends, her name was Judy, and she did music with another guy, Eddie, who played banjo, and they they did all jazz stuff. So I, I had a very huge background in jazz growing up, and um, from there, okay, I decided, yeah, once I, I hit like fifth grade, fourth grade, whatever it was, 
I decided, yeah, I want to play trombone. So I mainly, I knew bass clef from then on. But I knew, you know, okay, structure throughout middle school, high school. I learned a lot of things with, you know, music uh, theory and everything. Yeah. And when I finally got to about senior year, I was like, well, you know, growing up, one of my rock and roll heroes, Gene Simmons, bass guitar. Okay. I already knew bass, bass treble clef, so I'm like, you know what? I want to play bass guitar, and I guess it was probably freshman year of high school. I got a bass guitar for uh, Christmas, and uh, yeah, that's how I really started getting into playing with bands and stuff outside of, you know, a high school band or something like right, that, right, right. or in an orchestra-type setting. Yeah. And uh, from there, it's like, all right, well, hey, I play bass guitar. i got to find people to play with. Right, right. And then, uh, you know, I, I really... I was really close friends with a guy I played lead guitar in different bands, so I started playing with him. We formed a band. We uh, we jokingly came up with some funky name, but it was uh, Non Toxic Mushrooms. Oh, I remember you telling me about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, and then it evolved into Non Toxic Mushrooms that travel in herds, and then it was Non Toxic Mushrooms that travel in herds from the planet Pluto. And I think there might have been some more added additions to that, but that kind of like. <laughs> Non-toxic mushrooms was what people knew us for, and it was it was fun times. That, um, that name sort of sounds like the way that Rob Zombie has been going with his band, like his uh, album names recently. It's just <laughs> long, and you put some weird words in it, and sometimes with, with Rob Zombie, you put some sort of sexual thing in it, mm-hmm. and it's like in every album, it's like is he just trying to make his album titles longer and longer? Yeah, non-toxic libido, you know, <laughs> drinking some beer from the planet Pluto. Yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> But, I mean, you know, there was a couple of different bands in between, but I got to a point where uh, the guitarist and I drifted apart because he moved out to Pennsylvania. Oh, I think I met that guy once. Yeah, you did meet Rob. Yeah, yeah. Once or twice. And uh, in the meantime, I had run into a buddy of mine from high school. His name was Sean. And he's like, oh, I got a band. We need a bass player. I'm like, all right, great. So with him, he introduced me to Chris. And there was another drummer involved, and Sean wound up dropping out. So Chris was like, oh, well, let me get my buddy Jerry. And uh, from there, it was like, oh, cool. And the drummer we had, he dropped out. We got another drummer. That drummer dropped out, and we replaced him with my buddy Dave from high school. And that's that was literally the formation of Sufferance at that point. Which was Breakneck. Uh, yeah, originally it was Breakneck. breakneck. And our, our, our singer, Steve, like he was, you know... He's one of those guys you can literally say he he has a voice that is a gift from God. He yeah. he can belt out things that I could never even attempt because his range <clears throat> is just awesome. <clears throat> and you know we we got like like I said you came to that band practice and our following just kind of blossomed from you guys coming to our practice before the Ozfest we went to. Right, right. And it just grew from there. It was it was awesome. Yeah, man, that was, you know, like I said, for, for us for a while, that was a way of life. Like, at, at least, because you guys practiced twice a week, and I believe it was, like, Sundays and Wednesdays. Sundays and we and were Wednesdays, and we yeah. were at least here every, every fucking Sunday. Yeah, I think it was actually three times, because we needed one practice without an audience. Oh, okay. Because, you know, we wanted to develop stuff yeah. while you guys weren't around. And you can't really go through that process of building a song from the initial riff to the next riff and everything and develop with an audience because when you have an audience there even if it's only like three or four people 
you still want to perform. Right, right. So, right. you know, there, there's, you know, any musician will tell you that there's a development process in any song that they make. And it's so funny because, I, I, you know, we were here so much that, like, I, you know, we learned the songs. I remember there was a there was a point in time where you guys were playing a show and you didn't want Steve to have any negative impact on his voice prior to the show. Yeah. So you guys did a band practice with me and our friend Shiz doing the vocals. Yeah, and, I remember that night. It was great. <laughs> and, but, like, you know, we learned everything that, you, you know, every song. It was funny because I remember we, we were at every band practice and everything, and then you guys were playing a show at the phone booth. And there was this whole weird clusterfuck where we showed up, and then they weren't going to let us in because, like, me and Casey and uh, Shay was there. Like, none of us were 21 yet. Yeah. And they weren't going to let us in. And so me and Casey were already there. Shay had shown up with her boyfriend. And so they let us in as long as you guys took responsibility for us. But oh, we, yeah. like, called, like, we called Anthony and Shiz and everybody. So, like, don't come. They're not going to let you in. And then you guys, at that show, you debuted the song Stop. And I just remember, like, Steve says, all right, now we're going to play Stop. And I remember me and Casey and Jerry's now wife, then girlfriend, Tammy, well, look, stop. What the fuck is stop? Because you, the song was in all of the practices was something completely different. And then you yeah. guys, you changed it. And so we were like, yeah. so you play, I was like, oh, it's that song. But they changed this or that. Yeah. But, like, yeah. you know, we learned all the songs. We learned all the lyrics. We learned all of the little nuances of like in certain songs when yeah. steve would when there was a breakdown and steve would would introduce the band yeah. and when in certain songs when you would start to like mosh and jump around oh yeah you know yeah. the the fucking the vibra slap like yeah <laughs> all that shit yeah. it was like i said that was such a such a period in our lives and i remember you know just going through so much like we were here at a band practice when I got a phone call from my dad that I had gotten dumped and should not go back to the house I lived at with my girlfriend because she decided she was done with me and I should go to their house instead. <laughs> you know, it was, like I said, it was such a fixture. And so, you know, you guys went from being being breakneck to sufferance. You know, we you uh, I remember you did a show at the... <laughs> I, I helped you guys get a show booked at, at some event at the community college that we wound oh, up calling we wound up calling it the craft, the craft show. show yeah so not witchcraft <laughs> it literally was, was like, old ladies with craft <laughs> items and yeah i remember everything before that was just fun little light things we get up there all rock star and we wound up clearing the room because all these little old ladies didn't want to hear heavy music <laughs> and yeah that that was uh that was quite a day and it was just well, I mean, you know, our fans were there. Yeah. It was great, but uh, all these little ladies were packing up their tables with all their yarn and everything, <laughs> exiting up the front door, like, okay, goodbye. <laughs> yeah, and then, you know, you guys put out the, when you became Sufferance, because when you were Breakneck, you guys had, like, a demo CD. Yep. And then when you were Sufferance, you guys had a five-song CD, and you had a whole big CD release show. It was you guys and Fuckface. Yep. And I remember like we were at the show and show. like telling like the sound guy, oh, you gotta turn Steve up. You gotta do like because yeah, yeah, yeah. it's you know because we knew. Cause yeah, you yeah. guys knew. Yeah. <laughs> I've been there before too. So. You know. And then well, you know, when I was in college, I was taking media courses. I shot a music video here in your basement for yeah. the song Stupid Face. Yep. And stupid then when my face. teacher helped me put it together, he tagged it wrong, so it's Stupid Face. Yeah. Yeah. That was... <laughs> That's funny. I still have the VHS of that. I, I am, so. me too, man. And then so, you know, you guys went through all that, and then at some point, you know, life happens, 
things yeah. happen and you kind of you kind of drifted apart the well, band kind of yeah i mean it it really wound up being the uh the rhythm guitarist he had some life issues and he wound up dropping out of the band and at that point it, it was we had hit our peak and for him to drop out at that point it really affected all of us and it you know, I'm not saying like, oh, it's a really emotional brotherhood breaking up, but it really, it put a dampener on things, and we never got back to that pinnacle that we had. Mm-hmm. You know, without that, we couldn't go back and do the other songs, because when you have two guitar lines, unless you have a backup track, which wasn't common back then, Yeah. you know, now you have a void, so you have to say, oh, well, that was a two-part harmony between the guitars at that part of that song that can't be played anymore because there's only one guitarist. And, okay, well, yeah, on the bassist, I'm still playing the same line, but there is a big void there that can't be filled. And that kind of echoes just the feeling of the band. There was a big void with Chris dropping out. Right. And, you know, it got to the point where we kind of gave up, broke up, and... A couple months later, we get back together again, write some new material. We couldn't do the old material. It was either not good enough or it was stale in the minds of some. And Then we break up, and it wound up being kind of a three-step waltz of get back together, write new music, break up. Get back together, write yeah. new music. And it was just over and over, one, two, three, one, two, three. And it, it, it got to a point I was just like, you know what, I'm kind of... I'm at a point in my life I'm comfortable where I'm at without the band. And this is where any musician, when you say, I'm in a band, the next question somebody asks you, where do you play? Yeah. Uh, my basement. Oh, you don't play out? Well, about that. It got to the point after like the third or fourth time around that endless waltz of... I'm not even going to admit I'm in a band anymore. I just, yeah, no, not in a band anymore. I will say, though, I mean, I get where you're coming from. I agree I agree yeah. with where you're coming from. But there were, you know, at the height of the, before all of the breakups and all that bullshit, there were times where playing here in this basement was enough. Parties yeah. and, and, you know, oh yeah, no. so Parties many fucking people packed in here that you guys are playing for. Yeah, people pe- hanging pe- on pe- the stairway people coming down here. fucking around under the stairs. Oh, yeah, and... yeah, I remember uh, playing my bass, watching you and a couple other girls, and I'm like, what string? Oh, my God, I'm fucking <laughs> up. But I can't stop. I helped it. Watch. You Jesus know. Christ. I've never had a threesome, and you're just like, hey, girls, you know. <laughs> it's my birthday. Yeah, yeah, that was your happy birthday. But, like, that was a... I mean, uh, there's definitely something to be said for for playing out, obviously. But, you know, we did also had, as you said, had developed such a sort of community around this band in your basement that sometimes this was enough. It was. (laughs) It was for me, but it was also, you know, being that I've been on stage with other bands and, you know, being on stage with that band, it was... It was so much of like, I feel like we're just stewing in our own juices, I, you know, I mean, and it, it really just stagnated to the fact it was a quagmire. Yeah. And oh, right. We could, yeah, <laughs> not that kind of, no, no but it, it got to a point where, is my head going to stay above water with this anymore? And, you know, at, at, at a point I was asked to get back into it and I kind of said, no, I'm kind of comfortable where I'm at. Right, right. 
and you know they 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 kind of got back together without me, and I was fine with that, you know. But in the meantime, I'm like, you know, I, I drifted away from music for you know a few years, and ironically, as metal as I was at one point, I kind of went through a phase where I went to techno again, and I'm talking like the early '90s techno. You know, the stuff that was only heard in the clubs, and you didn't hear it mainstream radio outside of, you know, Two Unlimited and Reel to Reel, that sort of thing. And I was like, well, alright, I'm going on YouTube, I'm like, I'm downloading stuff that I hear on YouTube, and okay, well, it really came to me being a musician, I'm like, well, how was it made? Yeah. And I start doing a lot of research on Google and then YouTube and everything. I'm like, oh, well, what the hell is a sequencer? I'm like, all right, um, do some research on that. And finally, I do enough YouTube videos. I'm like, you know what? Screw this. I want to I wanna see what sound was made by what. And okay, what do they do? And, you know, I'll, I'll be honest. Some of my early heroes were a group called Enjoy. And watching those guys, you look, they're surrounded by... Each of them are like two synthesizer racks around them with all these things. I'm like, what the hell are they doing? They're just going back and forth, tapping buttons. It doesn't look like they're playing too much outside of like a few minor things. And I'm like, all right, well, the more research I did, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to start buying stuff. And there, there's a, a, an expression known for synthesizer guys. It's a, an expression called, I suffer from gas which gas is an acronym for gear acquisition syndrome <laughs> and over the years the seven eight years that has been going on yes i suffer from gear acquisition yeah, syndrome. i'm gonna say having having come here you know and we're, we're standing behind the, the setup where where when you were in sufferance and breakneck where the drum kit used to be yeah is now racks and racks of synthesizers yeah. and keyboards and what have you mm -hmm. <laughs> and uh you know i i just i i was so enamored on trying to make my own techno yeah. And at also about the same era, I was also getting into modern goth music. You know, and I'm standing here wearing a Covenant shirt. Yep, yep. You know, they're, they're one of my major influences for my own music, plus VMV Nation. But I also had a heavy industrial influence when I was in high school, because that came out around the same era as techno. Right, right. And that was the first time you ever heard mainstream of <clears throat> guitars and synthesizers together outside of groovalicious type stuff back in the 70s you know whereas now it was like heavy guitar with synthesizers mixed in and it was crazy synth sounds and not just kind of like the psychedelic stuff that you heard back then yeah yeah and uh, i guess when i finally started getting a handle on how to program all the sequencers to play back all the synthesizers for me it became, well, I'm really into goth. And from there, it was like most of the stuff I started creating was See, what really, I was listening to. I'm really into goth chicks myself. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to argue. They're, they're pretty awesome. <laughs> so, you know, you, uh, you know, being, being your friend and, and coming over here often and seeing you, you fill your basement with, with all of this equipment, you know, we've had, we've had nights where you're just like, Hey, check out this thing that I've been working on. And you've played me a lot of stuff. And, and I've always sort of wondered to myself, <clears throat> you know, similar to what you were saying about sufferance, showing me stuff in your basement. And I was wondered like when you were going to sort of do something beyond the basement. 
you know, and then you you and we talked about it a bit on the on the show with Kevin, but you you hooked up with with Kevin from Chemical Straitjacket. Yeah. You know, and that's given you an outlet for for at least some of what you've oh, been working yeah, no, on. No, Kevin Kevin's amazing to work with. <clears throat> now, so how did how did uh, you know we, we mentioned it a bit then, but how did you and he initially meet? Oh, uh, well, I'm I'm very heavy into steampunk, and there just happened to be a steampunk con that his band was playing at, and I had followed his band for I don't know at least six to eight months before. And I saw advertisement through Facebook and. I, I was like, oh, well, who is this band? Yeah. So I'm like, all right, I checked out their stuff on YouTube, and I'm like, oh, wow, these guys are amazing. <clears throat> and I just I just started following them because, okay, yeah, their, their, their music is just great. It's everything old school industrial was, you know, back in, you know, the original era. You know, you're talking like the ministry era, you yeah. know, the wax tracks, all that, and... It was like, oh, I, I like their sound. Yeah. They they are a band that should be, and the fact that they're local means, hell, I can go drive down to see them. Yeah. And I finally, you know, through following their pages and stuff, I was like, oh, shoot, they're going to a steampunk event? Well, I, I was already planning on going. We were yeah. only going on the Sunday, but it happened to be that that was the day they were playing. So I'm like, the whole day, I'm like running around like, Okay, what time do they start? What time do they start? Okay, cool, cool. <laughs> and uh, finally, I think it was like one in the afternoon, and yeah, I had plenty to drink in me at that point. <laughs> I walk up uh, to their merch table, and you know, the guys are behind the merch table, and I'm like, I want this, 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 and this. I want, you know, both the <clears throat> regular album, the remix album. I want this t shirt. I want that flask. And they're like, you heard it, uh, you know, if, if you didn't like, uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> and Kevin was kind of like taken back. He's like, wow, you, you know our stuff? I'm like, yeah, I've been, I've been watching your stuff on YouTube. I was like, I love, you know, I love your music. Yeah. You know, it's just awesome. He's like, oh, cool. And then uh, they played, you know, I was like rocking out, you know. And then uh, after the show, we, you know, I'm hanging out at the bar with, uh, you know, a couple people and, and, they just happen to be migrating towards the bar. So I go up to, you know, the bartender and I'm like, I, I need, I need five shots of uh, bullet bourbon for the band. And he's like, and I, what? Well, actually it was a, a she, uh, she's like, Oh, okay, no problem. So I, I bought them all around. I'm like, Hey, chemical straight Jack, come here. And you know, Misha comes right up. I'm like, I got you guys all a shot of bourbon and a bullet. Oh my God. That's our favorite. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, fine. You know, and like a toast to all you. Thank you for all the music you're creating. It's awesome. And, you know, at that point, yeah, I'm starting to talk to all the members. And, you know, Kevin and I just kind of gravitate towards each other. And um, he's saying, oh, well, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I mean, you know, I love your music. Yeah. And it's like, oh, we're local. Oh, well, where you live? Oh, Branchville. I'm like, oh, I, th I thought you were down this way. He's like, no, no, no. He's down from that way. I'm really up here. And so is, you know, Ian. And I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So. He's saying, hey, yeah, I got to get back to work in the morning. And I'm like, oh, where do you work? He's like, oh, well, I, I'm a pharmacist at one of the places in Newton. I'm like, wait, in Newton, my 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 regular job, I service Newton. You know, I deliver you know, potato chips for an unknown company. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll leave it at that. Right. Uh, but anyway, he's like, oh, well, yeah, I, I'm at this particular store. I'm like, I'm in there five days a week. How do I not know you? <laughs> and... 
we got to the point, and it's like, oh, well, well, you know this person? Yeah, I know this person from that department. Uh, wait, what? Really? We know each other that well without even telling, like, talking to each other. And so, sure as hell, the next time I'm in there, I walk past where he's at, and I wave to him. He's like, oh, hey! You know, so we started talking, you know, and we were, we were talking music and how I, I write music, too, while we are at that bar at the Steampunk Con. Yeah. And now, you know, slowly but surely, I'm like, oh, yeah, hey, here we are. You know, and I'm like, oh, here, listen to this. I just wrote this and this and, you know. Yeah. So it, it kind of, you know, it slowly grew from that. Okay. And then um, <clears throat> you were actually just showing me before uh, you wrote a, a song for a podcast can you give me a little information about about the po- what the podcast is and how you got involved in doing oh, that? Oh, um, yeah, that's it's funny. It's not it's exactly a podcast so much. It's a YouTube. Oh, channel. it's a YouTube show. Yeah, it's a YouTube channel. I got into scale modeling. You know, there's parts builds that you subscribe to, and I saw an advertisement for the Back to the Future DeLorean. I'm a huge Back to the Future fan. Have been all my life. And I'm like, wow, this is a one-eighth scale DeLorean, highly detailed. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. So I subscribe to it. You get, you know, an issue each week, basically. They ship out a monthly shipment. And you build it little by little. It takes forever. And it's an investment. I'm not going to lie. It's a little pricey. That aside, I started looking up YouTube videos about it. And he was one of the top three that popped up. And... Watching the guy, I just kind of, you know, he's got that type of personality. You're just, wow, he's such a nice guy. Yeah, yeah. You know, and the the channel is World of Wayne. And he eventually got to know me through the live streams that he did. Uh, Originally, I think he only did it Thursdays, and he opened up the Tuesdays. And then at a time, he had a uh, segment, you know, where he said, all right, well... You know, this is my man cave, and I know other people have sent me pictures of their man caves, but I, I think I want to open up a segment, and we'll, we'll host them on Saturdays, and we'll, we'll call it Welcome to the Cave. And whoever wants to donate a video to the Welcome to the Cave, by all means, you know, send it in, submit it, and I'll, you know, I'll post it on the channel. And I'm actually on episode 13. Yeah, I remember you telling me about that. I watched, I watched that. Yeah, yeah it's pretty cool. Yeah, and he loved the fact that I actually made music on that episode. And eventually, you know, talking about a year later, you know, we're on a first name basis after that because, you know, obviously through email, it's like, oh, yeah, hey, it's Craig. And, you know, but anytime he sees me on the channel, you know, commenting in the stream, yeah, you know, he'll say, oh, hey, Craig, you know, how's, how's, how's the Pirate's Blade doing? And, you know, that sort of thing. So, anyway, if, about a month ago, he changed the intro music to his live stream. And uh, I, I kind of questioned it. I'm like, what is this strange music? <laughs> it was a little slower than the than the uh, music that he had before, and it was shorter because he shortened from a five-minute intro to a three-minute. And, you know, he commented back before the stream actually started, and he was like, oh, well, I just, I'm trying something different. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, well, you know, he commented, you know, maybe you could make something for me. I'm like, I'm game. Nice. And uh, I was I was like, dude, I'm going to do this. <laughs> so the next week, I spent a week down here. Okay, how am I going to do about this? And he had said, yeah, if you do it, I want something kind of upbeat. And, you know, I basically sent it to him. He loves it. 
Absolutely loved it. So, um, yeah, it, it's being broadcast three times a week. Monday, or no, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Wednesday's only for Patreons, but... But still, I'm you know I'm I'm out on the internet, peeps. You know? <laughs> so nice. And uh, as we mentioned on the on the show with Kevin, when you, Chemical Straightjacket, you guys have an album that's done. It'll be coming out sometime. We don't really know when, but I would assume this year at some point. Oh yeah, for the abominations. <laughs> or, I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. I know well, I'm I'm also yeah. yeah. You're also on the new Chemical Straightjacket. Yeah, album. I, I I helped him with one song on the Chemical Straightjacket album, right, which yeah. I'm honored to be a part of. Just because they they've been out there for a few years now and they have a great following. And yeah, so let me clarify: the the new Chemical Straightjacket actually came out February twelfth. Handsome Abominations is to be determined. Yes, to be determined at this point. Um, I'm so looking forward to, you know, it, especially with the, you know, situation of the planet right now being in lockdown here and there <clears> and <throat> not being able to do live shows. But I'm I'm really hoping once the pandemic is gone that when that's done with that we're playing out as much as we can because yeah. i'm just yeah it'd be great to be on stage again yeah i mean it's and it's been a long time other than hanging out here it's been a long time since i've seen you play out you know yeah, yeah. i think that <laughs> i think that probably the last time i saw you play a live show was when sufferance was still a thing and that was like 2005 maybe four uh, we we did do a show i think when it was the four piece not the five piece but it was a different name at that point. I can't even remember what the name was. But yeah, no, it's it's been forever since I've played on a stage. I mean, it's it's over a decade. Yeah. So, so I'm gonna ask you the same question that I ask everybody that's ever been on the show, ever will be on the show, and that is, how do you feel about the current state of where the music industry is right now, where people? It's garbage. Yeah, where people don't really. They feel like we don't need to buy the music. Bands make all their money at shows anyway, and so people will either illegally download or, or subscribe to Spotify, which pays artists shit. Yeah, no, <laughs> and I know talking to Kevin um, with Straightjacket, you know, it's it's ridiculous. The amount of streams you have to get in order to get fifty dollars in your pocket is thousands and thousands of streams. Yeah, um, I know he was mentioning to me the other day, Gary Newman, you know. Yeah, cars. in cars, banner. Yeah. You know that that is like he is a synth god from the '80s. Yeah, and his music now is so damn incredible. But everybody just streams through, you know, Amazon Music or Spotify, like you're saying, and you make pennies on every fractions of pennies. Yeah, <laughs> well, on every thousands of songs yeah. played, you get pennies, and that's just despicable. And, you know, the mainstream music radio nowadays, it's all just cookie-cutter bullshit. You know, major record companies, they don't want to take the risk. You're an investment, and if you don't make that payback, they don't want to touch you. Right. It's not like, you know, three decades ago or better where, oh, my God, you listen to this band, they sound amazing. Let's give them a record contract. Yeah. And then... They go out there, you sell the records, hey, boom. But that also has to do with, oh, the internet. Everybody can just download everything. Right. You know, I mean, technically, if I wanted to right now, my music equipment, I could just put up YouTube and, you know, plug a line into my audio interface and just record it. Right. And play it back at will whenever I want. And anybody can do that. There's programs out there that you can download to do the same thing on your cell phone. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not like it used to be, you know, it's... 
You know, the golden age of music, I think, is gone. It'll never come back because of modern technology. Yeah. You know, it's, it's sad, you know. I mean, you still have the old school, you know, rock and rollers out there that will always be famous until they die. And, right. You know, if you want to go to their, their concert, it's like, yeah, you're going to go because you know how good they are. Versus now, it's like, well, you don't know how good they are because the mainstream record companies don't want to let you know unless they manufactured you, mm -hmm. which is what they do. They have a few different songwriters in the world. They make the music, and they go to those reality shows, the elimination shows. Oh, yep, you're you're the best musician out there. We're going to take you, and then we're going to hand you this song to sing. Yeah. And that's, that's really what they, you know, the record industry is nowadays. You know, it's very few companies that will still sign you, but they'll still only give you table scraps compared to what they're making. Mm -hmm. It's it is a shame. You know, you'll never see, you know, you know the '60s ever happen again. You know, there won't be that Jimi Hendrix anymore, or that Janis Joplin, or the Doors, or any of that genre, which is 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 a shame. But you know, I mean, growing up through the '90s, it was oh my God, listen. 10,000 Maniacs, the Cranberries, you got Nirvana, you got so much different music. And now it's, you know, you, you turn it on, it's like, well, I want to turn it off after about three seconds. <laughs> I will say, though, it is cool when, I, I understand where you're coming from with, like, American Idol and that kind of thing, but it is cool yeah. that you do get the rare occasion where you get somebody that's more of a, a hard rocker or a heavy metal person that, that takes the chance and goes on there and then does other cool shit like the, the 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 thing that comes to mind with me is there was a guy on american idol a bunch of years ago uh james durbin and when he was on idol he did some judas priest covers and so they actually did like a thing where for like the finals or the the last show of the season where judas priest came on the show and played judas priest with this guy and yeah. then, like he joined quiet riot as their singer later like well, that's awesome. like yeah. he got into like metal he wasn't your your typical pop guy but that's certainly not common yeah but if you look at it he's joining in with established bands from the 80s yeah you know and that's where i'm talking that doesn't happen anymore yeah you know those bands that had to make it the hard way like iron maiden yeah you know they didn't make it through a reality tv show it was literally they were going to clubs they were earning their name yep it wasn't manufactured for the public and that's where the music industry is now, unfortunately. Yeah. You know, music now is something you do as a hobby or a side job, technically. It's it's not, you can't make a living off of it. That that rock star dream is gone. Right, right. Yeah, no, I understand, man. It's, it's why I have a couple guys from, from bands that I was really into over the last few years before before COVID, before the world completely went to shit, that was just like... like um, uh, the, the names that come to mind are uh, BC Kajmit, who was in Nonpoint, and Sean McCoy from uh, from Bobaflex. We're both like, I, I have to, I have, I have a kid at home, and I've got to stop fucking doing this because I'm missing my kid growing up, and I need to be home. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, and it sucks, but ultimately that's the right decision. Oh, but yeah. it sucks no, to not family you know, first. You know, you know, especially Sean. You know, you know, I'm tight with the guys in Bobaflex, and it sucks not seeing Sean around anymore. But it's yeah. it's also good to see that those guys. You know, they retired Bobaflex because they felt that it was wrong to do without them. But now they've got a new band called the Lonely Ones, which is fantastic. They just yeah. released a new a new single. It's called Change the Station. It's about okay. the. It's kind of about all of the, you know, 
the politics in the world, and I don't want to get into politics, but it's about the politics yeah, in the world and politics. sort of, and sort of, uh, you know, ignoring yeah. the mainstream media. Yeah. If I can make your own decision, kind of, thing. It just those yeah. are those are great dudes. You know, you were with me the first time I saw Boba Flex. In fact, we saw them at the uh, oh yeah, two thousand five. Yeah. They were a good um, show. Gigantor with Megadeth. Oh, that was such <laughs> an amazing show. But yeah, politics. I mean, I actually I started to write a song about how politics is nothing but propaganda that just divides us and. Uh, you know, eventually I'll, I'll get to finishing it. Now that I, I have a proper uh, audio interface, I'll be able to, you know, really record it down now. And, um, you know, it it literally, you know, it's about propaganda and how all it does is divide us. Yeah. You know, and it's a shame, but, you know, there's no, there's no left or right. There's, you know, there's no shades of gray anymore. It's, it's all just, you know, you versus them. And it's it's a shame, but you know it it, it definitely inspired me to write a, a somewhat decent song. It's it's very you know very driving and you know it's it, it it's coming. It's just you know still in the works. So, right, so. and so that was the next thing I was going to ask you. Actually, is independent of you know you're you're doing work with Handsome Abominations. Are you going to at some point uh, perhaps you know have uh, any because you're working on other music, you've been down here for years working on stuff that, yeah. that's not going to apply to abominations. No, no, um, yeah, no. I, I definitely I want to release a single type album of just my stuff, stuff that you know isn't abominations material because well, I wrote it well before that. Yeah, yeah. But I've also obviously written four abominations. I probably you know the first album Kevin did most of that with Tufty over in Ireland. But the next album, I, I have at least like four or five songs that are, you know, blueprints for what's going forward. He's already taken one song, which is a, a early 80s cover. <laughs> and uh, it was just a cheesy kind of poppy synth thing that I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. You know, it gives Misha kind of her uh, showcase. It's, she's kind of like the focal point of the abominations. We all serve her. Right, you right. Know, Mistress Misha, you know. And, um, but it was kind of like, all right, well, here it is. It's a little cheery. Now, now, Kev, take what I wrote and put it on the pavement, kick it around, <laughs> scuff it up and dirty it up a bit. And, you know, and he's, he's definitely taken what I wrote and put it to that next level where it, it needed some grit to it. And, you know, I, I gotta say, I love working with him because he's very positive on everything. Yeah. You know, and I, I've gotten this over the years when I was playing bass in, in bands that the lead guitarist is just always like, mm, don't like it. Nope, 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 nope. Or, no, no, it's not good enough. No, it's like, okay, I'll just put a power chord over it. No, no, I don't hear it. Okay, fine. Yeah, I'm here with my bass. And now I'm like, yeah, I got everything at my fingertips. I don't need you. Um, <laughs> but working with Kevin is like so open-minded on everything. Like, I love that. You know, and that's that's how I got involved with Abominations was, you know, he basically heard something I wrote. I sent him a small video clip of just, you know, one little loop of something. He's like, dude, send that to me. I'm like, okay. So I, I did a, a rough rendition of what the song, you know, should have been. He's like, oh, what's the BPM? I'm like, oh, it's 110. Okay, cool. And he literally took the thing and... He, he, he within a day he dissected it reconstructed where certain parts went already had lyrics by a week at uh, afterwards wow. i was like whoa <laughs> that's 
wow, wow, you know, anything before that, it was like, you talk to a guitarist, like, well, I mean, I don't know what I'm going to do with this, and it was kind of a, all right, well, cool, so yeah, the fact that he, you know, took the baton and ran, sprinted to the finish line with it was like, wow, that's awesome, and, and yeah, that's uh, on the, the, the album that's just been released, um, you know, on Dark Progression, it's uh, track number six, Lucille. So I'm, I'm very happy and proud to be a, a part of, you know, yeah. their next album. And after he started on that, he came to me and actually invited me to be a part of Abominations. And I was, I was taken back at first. I was like, I don't know how to react. <laughs> I'm like, am I going to be good enough? It's been so long since I've been in a band. Yeah. And I was, um, I was just kind of like, wow, this is, this is great. You know, I'm like. All right, so I kind of I thought it over. I'm like, oh, absolutely, let's do this. And uh, it was funny because most of the music he had already created, and maybe our second practice wasn't really a practice. It was filming a video, <laughs> and I'm sitting up there, you know, like, all right, I'm gonna rock my heart out, and I don't even know how to play this shit, but it looks <laughs> cool on video, and it's a backtrack anyway. So yeah, yeah. I mean. You know, and that that video will obviously be re released after the release date of the album. Yeah, yeah. It, it was just such. It's so backwards from what you would normally do with a band. Normally, you're sitting there months hammering out a song, two songs, three songs at best. Right, right. And you know, developing this, and he just like here, learn the learn the song, and let's make a video. And within a couple months, that band was also signed to Cleopatra Records. So right, I'm like, right. I, awesome you know it was like uh, something you've been looking forward to your entire life being like oh yeah i'm playing guitar because i want to be a rock star it's like oh wait what happened <laughs> huh it's like no no i'm supposed to be doing this for five years what happened <laughs> so that's similar to what ian said when when straitjacket got signed <laughs> yeah exactly it was, it, is this real <laughs> So do you foresee, you know, because you, you have, you still obviously, you still have your, your bass and your equipment. Do you, do you see yourself, you know, playing that type of music again? Or are you pretty much in, in this, this uh, I'm, with the synths and everything now? You know, um, I, I wouldn't mind playing bass guitar here and there. I'll be honest. Once I got into synthesizers, I realized, you know, I, I used to always criticize like hippie circles with their acoustic guitars and bongos. Because... Mm. Let's face it, you have an acoustic guitar. What sounds like an acoustic guitar? An acoustic guitar. <laughs> yeah, and you know what else sounds like an acoustic guitar? An acoustic guitar. Right. And same thing with bongos. They only sound like bongos. It's like, all right, well, I loved heavy metal because, okay, you want to go to that clean tone, like, expressive part, like in a Metallica song where, okay, like one, you have the... Yeah, 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 yeah. But you also have that, you know, yeah, you yeah, got yeah, light yeah. stuff in between. Right, right. So you can get a lot of emotion out of that. And going from that, it's like, okay, you got your distortion pedal, your flanger pedal, you got your chorus pedal, you got your delay. It's like, oh, you got, you got so many things. You can take one instrument and make it sound like many. And I was like, well, oh, that's great. But once I started dealing with synthesizers and good synthesizers where you have every single parameter at your fingertips, you realize, wow, I was living in a black and white world. Mm. And now there's so many ranges of color yes they're blinking at me right well now. yes yeah, <laughs> not, not just the, the fancy hey hey look at me stuff up there but in a sound expressive kind of setting distorted guitar after a while still just sounds like distorted guitar right 
And yeah, it, it really comes down to the amount of technical expertise on that instrument that you're playing. You can take a kid playing a piano, they'll just bang at notes and it sounds like nothing, whereas you take a jazz musician and they will you know, blow you away with their talent. But it's still only one sound coming out of that instrument. Whereas a synthesizer, you got oscillators in different waveforms. You got your square wave, your triangle wave, your sine wave. You got a second oscillator you can do that with. Now you got a LFO, low frequency oscillator, and that 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 completely you know it, it makes the waveform do something else. You can add you know you, you still got your delay and you can add chorus to it, but then you got your filter, your resonance, and all these things where you could just hold down one note, tweak all those knobs, and from the beginning to end, you literally have a symphony of sound on one note. Right, right. Where you don't have that with a guitar even with the distortion and chorus and everything it's still limiting to sounding like distorted guitar you know i hate to say this america is very limited in their imagination where they hear keyboards synthesizer keyboards and they're like oh it's techno it's like no it's not i'm sorry there's no guitar in it for you, but, you know. <laughs> Whereas, like, oh, if, if you want to use that same reference of, like, okay, there's how many different sub-genres of EDM yeah. that nobody knows because it's only techno, whereas techno is technically a subgenre of electronic dance music. Yeah. Um, oh, well, that's like, that's like, But you know, if, you, if you said the same argument, like, oh, I'm listening to Norwegian black metal. Oh, that's rock and roll. It's the same right, thing, well, but it's just narrow-mindedness. Well, like, I was going to say, that's like anime is is very big and respected in Japan oh, as yeah. like a legitimate storytelling art form. Yeah. Uh, in America, I mean, you've it's got cartoons. you've got geek culture, but but mainstream is oh, that's just a cartoon. Cartoons mm-hmm. are for kids. Like no, absolutely, not, and not it, exactly. It, it's just there's so many people out there that are so limited in their mindset that it's you know. Wait, we're we're talking about music again. <laughs> <laughs> talking about music, we were talking about beer, we're talking about cartoons. Yeah, beer. Yes, <laughs> love beer. Um, love making it too. But yeah, no, it's uh, it's it's definitely fun where my creative juices have gone because I have a whole orchestra at my fingertips, yeah. and because you know the the way sequencers work, you can have up to sixteen different things going if you have the right type of sequencer. You can have sixteen different instruments playing different sounds all at once, and you know because that's that's where MIDI comes in. There's sixteen channels. And, yeah, I don't. I don't want to get too synth geek on you. Yeah, 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 yeah. But because of that, you can have one synthesizer playing this. You can have a counter melody on that. You can have that one just holding long notes, and then you got your drums in the back, and you can change the drums at will. Yeah. You know, so it's it's just so much fun. And like I said, that that kind of stemmed from my my love of early '90s techno. Yeah. And just the 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 quest to figure out how it was made. And now I'm I'm in a uh, industrial van, so <laughs> it's it's the way the way things work out. It's kind of like a, wow, how'd you get there from here? But that's you know kind of where where it came from. That's awesome, man. Yeah. And so I, I guess the only other thing I would ask is I know you've already said you're you're working on although the first album hasn't come out yet, you're already working on material for the second Handsome Abominations album, and you said you've got other stuff that you're gonna do on your own. Uh, you know the, the general closing question is what's next for you you know it, it really just comes from uh whatever inspires me that day you know yeah if if something just kind of it's like that light switch it that, that light bulb turns on it's like let's go with it 
you know, if I'm if I'm down here with all my sense, I'm like, you know, I it's a little piece of heaven for me. It's 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 my heaven, my personal heaven. Yeah. And you know, anything I can think of, I can make as long as I can figure out how to make it. Right. Right. So. Well, I hope that you know, like you said, you want to be able to play out, and I hope that that everything in yeah. the world gets sorted out oh, so that's too. possible. And, I want and, everybody well out there. And, 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 you know, if that takes some time, you know, but you guys get around to putting the album out, it would be cool to see, because I know that Chemical Straightjacket had done, like, a, a live stream thing for New Year's. It'd be cool to see at least you guys do some sort of a, a online performance or something. Just oh, to, yeah, no, and I know Straightjacket did that for a New Year's show, and that was great, because uh, <laughs> I did get to, to watch and cheer him on, which yeah, yeah. Was, was fun, and... I was also there for Zentrifuge. That was a that was amazing. Night yeah, those too. guys were great. I was there for oh, that. Oh yeah, that was so much fun. And um, you know, I mean, hopefully, maybe we can do that. It really depends on you know just the way life happens. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh, maybe we'll 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 be out of this uh, you know mess. Hopefully soon. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. I was you saying know. to you before we turned on the recording that uh, you know because. You, uh, you are also a Renaissance Fair person. I really hope we get a Ren Fair this year. Oh my God, I miss that. I miss steampunk events. I miss everything. Like just normal life. Yeah. Going down to the local bar, you know, doing normal bar stuff. You know, I mean, I go to the bowling alley, and it's like, all right, well, we, every other lane we're bowling against other teams. Yeah. And it's like oh, that's weird, but you know, at least we're still kind of seeing people with masks on. But it is what it is, you know. I have this weird thing, because of all the masks, like, where I'm... I stop at Quick Check a lot on my way to work. And I could not tell you how many times I saw someone that I thought was someone I knew, yeah. because you could only see, like, the top of their face and their hair, and I was like, oh, that sort of looks like so-and-so. Yeah, and you say like, hi, hey, how are you? And it's not them. And it's not their voice, <laughs> anything. It's like, oh, hi. <laughs> have a good day. Yeah, uh, I've done that, too. <laughs> Yeah. At one time where I, I saw someone and it was definitely it was definitely them, but they didn't realize I was me. Hmm. So like we parted ways, they looked confused. <laughs> yeah. And then I sent a Facebook message like, Hey, were you just at Quick Check? It was like, Oh yeah, was that you waving at me? I didn't realize. That's funny. <laughs> that is really funny. So. But all right, man. Well, uh, that's all I've got for you. I, I thank you for for uh, you know having me over. Like I said, it's nice to be out of the house and not yeah. not on Skype for a change. The second second show that I'm not doing on Skype since fucking 2019. So. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah. No, thanks for uh, having me on the show, and uh, you know, keep doing what you're doing. I mean, it's you too, man. I've always you know I've always loved your music, and you know me. Anytime that I get into whatever it is, anytime I get into something, I fucking support. Yeah, know, music beer ghost talk beer like i always tell people yeah. you know i shout out ghost talk on the show because i like their shit they're not a sponsor that'd be cool if that could happen one yeah, day but yeah. they're not a sponsor i just like their shit and i want people oh, to yeah, check no, it out they're, they're, you know it's amazing i like so. your shit i want people to check it out like nice, that's just thanks. just kind of how i am yeah, yeah appreciate <laughs> so. that so. but uh all right man well again thanks a lot and uh i can't wait to to get to see you know see you live i'll you know I'll see you in the basement but i can't wait to see the full band do their thing Absolutely. and have the album come out and yeah and uh that, that's going to be awesome. Awesome. Thanks.
and from their self-titled demo CD that was Sufferance with the song Stop. I want to thank Craig so much for being on the show, and I love that fucking song. I really do. That was one of the songs uh, that when I did the band practice with Sufferance, that was one of the songs that I sang, and I always sang it at the practices, uh, shows, and whatever, but, you know, as we said, uh, they, they did a practice where they didn't want to strain their vocalist voice, and so I sang that song, fucking loved it. If you want to follow Craig on social media, you can follow him at Trace Aether on Facebook, and that is spelled T-R-A-E-C-E-A-E-T-H-E-R. And the AEs are those weird letters where they're merged together, but if you type them out, just separated, Facebook will find it. You can also follow Handsome Abominations on Facebook and Instagram at Handsome Abominations. And on that front, I have some news for you, actually, about Handsome Abominations. Since the recording of this podcast episode, the release of the Handsome Abominations album has been announced. So it does look like the first single from the band will drop on April 21st, and the full album will drop on May 14th. So look for that, Handsome Abominations, on Cleopatra Records, coming out May 14th. Don't forget, you can also follow the J Bunny's Music Hub podcast on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Patreon. I'm still trying to remember the correct pronunciation of that because I'm all over the place. I'm going to stick with one. Uh, and also, don't forget, if you support music like I do by buying it, be sure to follow at Industry Embers on Facebook and Twitter and either tweet or post your music purchases with the hashtag BuyMusic, B-U-Y, or it's BuyMusic, B-Y-E. Now, as for what's next for the show, just want to let everybody know that the giveaway that we're doing for the Chemical Straight Jacket album, Dark Progression, is still going to be going on for about another week. I figure that since... We had three weeks of episodes related to that album. We would keep the contest running that long. Um, so don't forget to go to Facebook and comment on the podcast episode saying that you're interested in the Chemical Straight Jacket album, Dark Progression, in order to be entered into the contest. Next week, I have another new episode coming out. This one recorded with Donald Carpenter from Submersed and I Empire and his new band Blisskrieg with former members of Days of the New and Tantric, so keep an eye out for that next week. Don't have anything planned after that. Everything is in the works, waiting for responses and what have you. Um, so in the event that there's not a new episode released next week, and there, there very well may be, who knows what may happen between now and then, but in the event that there is no new episode released next week, don't forget that you can also catch up on past episodes of J Bunny's Music Hub on CKCC Radio. You can go to ckccradio.podbean.com to listen to all of the shows on CKCC Radio, including past episodes of J Bunny's Music Hub. And what I'm going to try and do in the future is uh, I'm going to try and compile a list of all of the individual links for the episodes that are on CKCC Radio, post them to the Facebook page as easy access. I know Chris O'Mealy, uh, who is the sort of head guy, founder, etc. of CKCC and, and all projects related to that, of uh, trying to put up individual websites for shows. I don't know uh, where that stands, but keep an eye out for that. But in the meantime, I'll try and get those links posted on Facebook so that if you've missed an episode and it's not posted on my Podomatic page, you're going to be able to find it on CKCC Radio. Let's see, we've got about half of the 
backlog episodes posted there, plus all of the new episodes that I've released since partnering with them. So certainly check that out. Now I'm going to leave you guys today with a song from uh, Craig's solo project, which is would be will be will be released when it's released under the name Trace Aether. I believe, although he didn't say so specifically, I do believe that it is the song that he was referring to uh, about how politics divides us, and that song is called Devil's Advocate. Until next time, everybody. Nothing will ever be